Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Get This Shot podcast. My name is Billy Quatch. I'm a content creator based in Kansas City, and I've done work for the NFL, the MLS, NBA 2K, and more. This is a podcast for all you young creatives out there trying to get your foot in the door into this industry. A lot of people DM me about how I do things and how I get into the position that I am. And I just wanted to make it easier to share my responses with the masses and not with just one individual person. That way I can help out as many of y'all as possible. Today's episode is very special because we have a physical guest in the studio, Sam Lutz. Sam is a social content creator for the KC Royals and he's also a freelance photographer for the Chiefs. So we're gonna be taking in your calls, answering questions, talking about sports, and being a creative in sports. So let's freaking run it, let's go. All right, Sam, thanks for uh, coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm good, man, glad to be here. Um, so basically, just so you know and the listeners know, uh, this podcast is aimed for younger creatives and kind of creatives who you know, are not really in the spot they want to be at. They're either, you know, still a student in school or they're about to graduate or they're recently graduated and they're looking for a job and they just don't really know how to take that next level. Um, that's what this podcast podcast is all about and that's what, who our audience is. So um, I brought you on because I really love your work. You know, I've been following you for the past couple of years um, when I, you know, I think the first thing I saw from you was like a sunset shot from the plaza. That sounds like on me. On Twitter. And... <laughs> like the colors and you know the the way you edit photos just kind of drew me in and then I found out you work for the Royals and then just kind of you know followed you since then and then seeing you on the Chiefs sidelines as well and then we've kind of you know started our relationship there Um, so let's just start out with you know how I found you those sunset shots it feels like you kind of you know I don't really see this much from other photographers I feel like you have this emphasis on like scenics or scene sets or like the environment over like an actual player or person or subject so can you talk about kind of how you fell into that yeah absolutely um so i actually started off just as a just hobby photographer like i took my dad's uh 7d mark ii out just for fun because i like taking cell phone pictures in college and then when i graduated um, I was still into that, so I kind of hijacked his camera and then took it out and started doing street photography, just like walking around downtown, the West Bottoms, you know, just exploring the city mm-hmm. a little bit and taking pretty photos and just ex- experimenting with what I could and couldn't do with the camera. And then um, that that's how I sort of developed my my style was was through street photography. And, um, you know, I didn't take a sports photo until several months after I had, you know, picked up the camera. Mm -hmm. So everything that I had taught myself to the point of when I shot my first baseball game was all street photography. And like the biggest influences on me as a young photographer were street photographers like uh 13th witness um 
Oh man, names are escaping me right now, no, but good. he was like the big one. Yeah. Uh, I had found a couple of YouTube videos about him and, um, just loved his style. Uh, and he was, he was one of those guys that like explored, you know, he'd get hired by like Nike to go some, go to some crazy country and do some like real gritty photography work. So I, I thought that was cool. And then, um, you know, another huge early influence on me, not really as a photographer, but just as wanting to be creative was uh, Casey Neistat. And, and I'm sure millions of kids yeah. would say that too. But I actually found him in 2012. Um, like the YouTube algorithm gave me his Make It Count video, the the mm -hmm. one where he did like the Nike the Fit Nike, Band. Yeah, I love that video. Yeah, that, that video like blew my mind. Um, just like the the grittiness and the realness, you know, like just pure fun, really. No no color grade, no crazy effects. It was just like, you know, and at the time, video hadn't even entered my mind yet, really. Um, I had done a little bit of it in college for fun. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, just gritty, grittiness, like street photography, not perfect, just that, that type of stuff influenced me yeah. uh, a great deal when I was younger. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, let's... Let's fast forward a bit just so we can catch up the viewers on who you are, just in case they don't know, because um, I feel like I should have started off with that. But tell me who Sam Lutz is today. So right now, today, I am a content producer for the Kansas City Royals, um, and I've been doing that since officially since January of 2019, but... I've been involved with their organization in Major League Baseball since 2016. Um, I started off as what's now known as an LCC, which you are for the NFL. Um, at the time, it was called an RTC, a real-time correspondent or cr creator, cre something. Yeah, the C is something. And uh, I did that for two seasons with them, with MLB, but I was the, like based at Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City guy. And then... Um, at the end of the 2017 season, I got to do the the ALCS, um, and that opened a couple doors for me, which which led to my role, a bigger role with the Royals as just a straight up freelance. Um, they considered me like part of their staff. You know, it felt like I worked for the Royals. And then um, in 2019, they started the current video department that I work for now, like a social video department, and. Uh, that's what led me, you know, to my full-time position with the Royals. And then along the way, I met Steve Sanders, who is the Chiefs staff photographer, um, mm -hmm. and he's great. Yeah, I love I love Steve. Yeah, he's he's incredible. He's amazing dude. And uh, John Sleazer, another really well-known photographer, introduced me to him uh, when Mahomes threw out a first pitch at the Royals a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. 2018 actually, before he was the Patrick Mahomes that we all know now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was over there for that and he's like, hey, I want to introduce you to Sam. Uh, if you need some photography help this season, which was the 2018 season, um, I think you should give this kid a shot. And Steve being awesome was like, yeah. And then I got onto his like photo crew um, for the 2018 season, did it last season and then doing it this season as well. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's pretty recent. Like, that's all 
it sounds like, you know, 2019, 2020, like that's all within the past two years. Like how's, I mean, how's that make you feel that like things are starting to click um, now compared to maybe five years ago or a couple of years ago? I feel so lucky. Like, you know, I'm sure everybody in our position feels lucky, but I did my first professional paid gig was opening day 2016. I had never shot, I'd never been paid to take a photo in my life until opening day 2016 for the Royals. And that was, they were coming off the World Series then. So that just blew my mind. And, you know, just the way that it's just absolutely taken off so fast for me, um, it just kind of blows my mind, uh, you know, being to this, being where I am and doing what I do, I just can't, can't believe that I get to do this. Yeah. Um, you started out as a photographer mainly, and then recently you've started to add video into your toolbox. Um, talk about that kind of switch and how you've, you know, it, it kind of embraced more video content and, you know, started to learn maybe Premiere or After Effects or like, um, adding some more heat to your content. Cause I've seen some of your videos and, you know, at first I saw you and I was like, oh, this dude's an awesome photographer. And then when you got into the social team of the Royals and you started making video content, I felt like you immediately jumped like where someone should be in terms of video when they're just starting out versus where you were, where you were just, you know, already kind of like you had it. And I, and that is very, some, something, something that stands out to me. So like talk about that transition. Well, thank you, man. That means a lot, um, especially coming from you, who I, when I was making the jump from photography to, to video, I was looking at your work being like, oh man, if I could just make something half as cool as Billy, I'll be happy. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, so I, I was super intimidated by video when, when I made that transition. And what really like kicked my ass into doing it was when I got offered that freelance position with the Royals in 2018, they had said, you'll probably be making a couple videos. And it was a big opportunity for me to make more money and be more integrated into the organization. So I was like, yeah, I can do it. And it was like YouTube city, you know, like YouTube tutorial city. And, uh, you just like playing and playing around in premiere at first and like getting comfortable with how to do speed ramps and like what this tool does and where to make a cut, you know, super basic stuff at first. And then again, the same, but I was still primarily doing photography in 2018. And then again, the same thing kind of happened in 2019 when the full-time video position came available. And I was like, okay, I really got to like full on get into this video stuff. Um, so, you know, making the transition was intimidating. I I won't lie. Um, but then I don't know, something along the line, it just like clicks Yeah. and you're like, Oh, I know. I, I know how to do this. I Mm -hmm. think, I mean, I still, I still approach things. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, (laughs) Yeah. but, uh, you know, there's definitely that moment where you just figure something out and you're like, okay, that's, that's that's me. That's that's my style. That's uh, what I'm gonna do in this moment in this video, and um, I don't know. Just putting putting a lot of repetition in, opening Premiere a lot, and then once I got comfortable in Premiere, I started seeing 
people that would do things in After Effects, and I was like, okay, that's the next thing I'm going to learn. And I know a lot of people are afraid of After Effects. There are still times where I'm in there, and I'm like, I'm in too deep. But getting into that program and just like, no fear, don't be afraid. Who cares if you screw up? Nothing's permanent. This isn't live, mm-hmm. you know. Just doing that with with the mentality of like, I just want to try this. I don't care if it takes six hours to make five seconds of this video. This is what I want to do. I'm going to look, figure out how to do this. Yep. And, you know, you go back to the school of YouTube, figure out how to create whatever effect that you're trying to create. And then once you do it, it's in your toolbox and you know how to do it. Yeah. And then that program becomes a lot less scary. So just once I left the fear of not understanding things behind, I really felt like I saw a big uptick in the the amount of cool things I was able to make and the things that I was proud of. Yeah, yeah. that sounds exactly how I got into, Premier, uh, into After Effects and started getting good with After Effects is I would just open up the program, follow a tutorial, and then the next day I would try to replicate that tutorial without opening the tutorial. And then if I got stuck, I would open up back the tutorial and just keep following the steps until it was ingrained into my, like my muscle memory um, into my toolbox. And then that just became another tool to use. And then eventually with lots of reps and multiple tutorials, multiple transitions and effects, you kind of just kind of figure out what the program's actually doing and understand how to kind of mix and match different tools and different um, effects and different presets and different, you know, color grades and all this. Um, so, yeah. yes, I think that's a big a big thing for beginners is just not being afraid to open it up and just, you know, give for it a sure. shot. For sure. Like, no fear, you know. I had a teacher in college that said, you're probably not the first person to have a question about something and it's probably on YouTube. And it's true. Like, if you want to know how to cut someone out, you know, rotoscope someone out, there's tons of tutorials on how to do that. And yep. all those crazy effects that you see, there's probably a tutorial about how to do it. You just, you just got to do it. Yeah, you, you, you just got to go do it. All right. Um, we're going to transition into the call-in portion of this show. So basically, since this show is, you know, catered towards the younger creatives, the inexperienced creatives, the high schoolers, the college students. Um, something I want to try to do is let those creatives call in and kind of talk to us and ask us questions because I feel like, you know, with social media, I, I get a lot of DMs from these creatives, but I can't always respond to all of them or maybe I forget to respond to someone. And I think this would just be an easier way for more people to hear what advice and what you know, life lessons and stuff that we have to say to those young creatives. So I got my first one um, right here. His name's Tommy. I'm going to admit him into the Zoom call, and we'll get this thing popping. Hey, how's it going, Tom? Good, you? Doing good. Um, I've got Sam here as my guest, and uh, you are our first call-in today. So um, feel free to shoot us a couple (laughs) of questions, um, and we'll try to answer them the best we can. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, 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 we got you. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, what made you guys pursue, you know, you guys are filmmaking for, like, the Royals and Chiefs. What made you guys get interested in that stuff? I I mean, for me, 
it was the 2015 World Series. Um, I started with MLB in 2016, and around it was like August of 2015 when I bought my first camera, the 5D Mark III, and the Royals were huge. You know, like I mean, they won the World Series mm-hmm. that year, so everybody yeah. was like full. How people are with the Chiefs now, they were like that with the Royals, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I. I just wanted to be close to that. And then an opportunity with MLB came along and uh, a friend of a friend told me I should apply and I did and I got it. And from I was so nervous going into the first game. I'd never been paid to shoot anything. And, you know, then I you're out there and I, I took my first photo and it got posted by the MLB account and got like 70,000 likes. And I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. And... uh from the first game I did, I was hooked, and that's what kind of led me down the path. Yeah, and Tommy, for me, um, for me, I was, I started off, you know, filming Quidditch in college, and I kind of knew that sports um, was kind of what I wanted to be in. So, leaving college, I would apply to just every sports team uh, and every organization that had a content creation position available. Um, I didn't care what city it was. I didn't care what state I was going to. I was ready to move anywhere to get an opportunity to film, you know, professional sports. So um, that's how I kind of got into it, just filming Quidditch and filming my friends play sports back in my college days. And that's how I got ended up at the Chiefs and um, how I ended up filming Chiefs stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that, uh, you know, being part, you know, watching around being sports. I work for a news industry and I've been around high school sports and, you know, I've been loving it ever since I played sports in high school. And it's just something that we don't really get to see a whole lot. And over here on the West coast, um, the only team we have mostly in the PNW is Seattle. And a lot of those people in Seattle are really high tech on what they do. And, um, but it's just in general, sports has been my thing for a while. And, you know, over here where I'm at, um, you know, it's just kind of, you know, a lot of these, you know, COVID right now is really killing the athletes, you know, high school sports. We don't have nothing going on over here. So a lot of these kids are trying to find things to do. And, you know, it's, you know, for my page, you know, what you guys are doing is fantastic. I love what you guys do, you know, for those organizations. It's fantastic. I like what you guys do. And I was watching some of you guys' stuff. It's amazing how, how you guys start and how big you guys have gotten from the talent you guys created and what they want, you know, over here. It's just, we don't have a whole lot over here where I'm at. Um, a lot of sports photographers and, you know, getting the kids out there is my main goal right now. But um, tell me how, tell me what, what you guys do. Um, what's the everyday life for you guys when you guys film for these, you know, for these, you know, fantastic organizations? What's the, you know, what's, what's the day by day, step by step things you have to do, you know, to get ready for that day? Yeah, so for me, um, right now, I'm not at the Chiefs full-time. So for me, getting ready for game day is just making sure, you know, I have all my camera gear set up, my batteries charged, my lenses cleaned, um, and just making sure that I'm prepared equipment-wise before I leave the office to go to the stadium. Um, When I was working at the Chiefs full-time, you know, each week is – you know, just a daily grind of getting content out from the previous game and then making sure that you're hyping up your audience and getting them ready for the next game and making sure that you're following storylines or following, 
you know, if there's a big matchup coming up or um, maybe there's some key injuries or, you know, whatever the storyline is, it's just making sure that you're on top of all the trends and all the social media chatter and all and all of that. So uh, working for the team full time, I was definitely, you know, into it more day to day. Now that I'm outside of the Chiefs and I just freelance for the NFL on Sundays, uh, I don't pay as much attention throughout the week as much. But when it's game day, uh, I'm basically just making sure that I'm prepared with my equipment and ready to make that edit for Patrick after the game. Uh, Sam? Yeah, um, with me, you know, well, I guess in a normal year with baseball, it's a it's a pretty it's a grind you know there's there's a lot of games you get 81 games just at your house and sometimes those games come back to back to back to back ten days in a row so you it's it's really hard to find a balance in that but you know when it's when the game's on you got to be on and so typical like game day for the Royals is I show up to the office I make sure the equipment's charged and ready to go, ready to rock. I'll get everything together, bring it down to the field, shoot batting practice. Um, between BP and the game, you got to eat dinner in there. Uh, <laughs> I bring my own dinner because, you know, they'll give you free hot dogs there, but I'm not eating hot dogs 81 nights of the year. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you eat dinner, then you do the game. Um Game gets over at like 11, 10, 30, 11, and then you, you go home, sleep, and wake up and do it all again the next day. So there's definitely a grind that you have to enjoy with baseball um, and a lot of repetition, but having a lot of games lets you experiment a lot. And if you miss something on Tuesday, you can come back and hit it again on Wednesday. So you know there's a little bit of creative freedom in the repetition, but for Chiefs, it's... Um, same as Billy, really. Get my equipment charged the night before. Get up real early if it's a noon game. Get there. See what Steve needs us to do, and go to go to our post wherever he's going to assign us. Yeah, what's the atmosphere like in those stadiums? I know you guys, you know, work, you know, on the other side of the country. What's the atmosphere like in those stadiums that people don't see over here? And you know, in the PNW, we, you know, we have Seattle Seahawks, and you know, you guys have a lot of stadium too. Um, so, I mean, what's the atmosphere like when you guys walk into that stadium? I know there's no crowds this year, but what's the atmosphere like that people don't see that, you know, as much on the field? You know, because usually people are in the stands. What's the atmosphere, you know, the atmosphere on the field when you guys are filming? Uh, honestly, it's 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 a little strange because you're in, like you said, everyone's in the stands and you're on the field. So it kind of feels like there's not much – in front of you since all the noise is coming from behind you but you know the athletes and the intensity of that is in front of you so like you're in this weird um in between of the loud noise from the fans and like being a fan versus the professionals on the field and you being a professional so for me it's it's almost like a like a background noise to me um i just kind of focus on getting my shots and lock in on my screen, my uh, my monitor, um, and just making sure things are in focus and I'm getting the shots I need to get. Um, the crowd doesn't really hype me up as much during the game. 
because uh, I'm so laser focused. Um, but the atmosphere, but the atmosphere leading up to a game gets me jacked because you can tell that there's like an, uh, this electricity in the crowd. I totally agree. It's um, it's weird when you're shooting a game. You're almost it's like you don't follow the game as well as you do when you're watching it on TV. It's weird. Like mm-hmm. you're focused on like, oh, is this in focus? How was that framed? Mm-hmm. Dang it, that was out of focus. You know, like you're you're focused on a lot of different things rather than like, oh, oh no, the Chiefs are only up by three and it's the third quarter. Like um, yeah. that stuff. Like sometimes you'll look up and be like, oh dang, this is a close game, uh, because you're so locked in on what you have to do. But I will say, the atmosphere leading up is like, it's 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 crazy, man. Especially here in Kansas City, and in a normal year, Steve always has me go out and shoot pictures of people tailgating, and that mm-hmm. that is rad, man. Like especially mm-hmm. in Kansas City, people are like barbecuing their. They're getting yep. drunk in the parking lot at like eight in the morning on a Sunday, you know, like that, that is hyped. Um, but yeah, when you're, when you're in the zone, it's, it's all business. Mm-hmm. I will say the loudest stadium experience I've ever had was that first home game in 2018 when Pat, yes, they, they started the first two games on the road yep. and Pat like destroyed the chargers. And then he threw like six touchdown passes against the Steelers. Steelers and yep. everybody was like, Oh mm-hmm. my God, Pat Mahomes. Patrick yep. Mahomes is real. And that third week. That it was week three. They introduced everybody. And then they Pat you know com- what they did before Patrick came on. They, they, they played a video. Yeah, they played which they never do. Yeah. And I made that video because I was still working for the Chiefs. And I remember the week prior um, leading up to this game, I was assigned to make this video and I was so jacked and confused <laughs> because I was like we don't normally do this. Like last year it was Alex Smith and you know, we don't play a video before mm-hmm. the quarterback comes out. They just, there's nothing special about the last person coming out of the tunnel, but this game, they were like, Billy, you need to make a hype video um, for when Patrick is about to be announced. And I'm like, we're playing a video in between the rest of the team's announcements and his. Yeah. So I picked the song you know, it was just one. I forgot what the song was, but it was just like a super, super hype song. It and was, dude. It I, was crazy. That it, was that. I agree with you. Was the most electric the Arrowhead has been in in my whole life, man. That's the loudest I've ever heard a stadium. That's the most electric I've ever heard a stadium. And I was actually I was working for Steve. That was the first Chiefs game I shot, and uh, wow. yeah, and uh, I was up in the upper deck on this. They they call it the orange box. Uh, it's mm-hmm. in the in the west end zone. One of those. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's just this box where there's like some TV cameras and stuff, and I'm on top of it with a 600 Prime, and the announcer goes, you know, the hey, Billy's high video gets played, and people are just like juiced, and then the PA guy comes on, and he's like, from Texas Tech, the starting quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, and then he comes out, and he puts the the one in the air, dude. Oh, my it's God. so high. There might have been like seismic activity around Kansas City that yeah, day from that stadium. It was, it was so loud. And then after that, I started bringing Beats headphones because it was so loud. <laughs> the little Beats workout earbuds, yep. I'd put those in because it was so loud. Yeah, it's crazy loud at their head. Um, listen, Tommy, thanks for calling in. I'm going to try to get in a couple more call-ins, so we're going to have to cut it short there. Um, but thank you so much for okay. calling in and asking those questions. Yeah, any, anytime you guys want to come on my page, let me know. And, um, you know, you guys do great work. I love what you guys are doing. And, 
you know, I can't wait to see what you guys do down the road. I'm hoping, you know, hoping you guys have a game this weekend. So, I mean, you know, my Seahawks do, but I'm hoping you guys do, but, you know, if you guys ever come to a Seahawks game over here when they play Kansas City, I'm all down to hang out with you guys and do some media stuff. Yeah, for sure. Thanks Thanks for calling in. Have a good weekend. You too, man. Bye. I had to get that Mahomes story. Dude, that was, yeah, the Mahomes. Yeah. I will never forget that moment. Me neither. I'm I sure was, it meant more for you, but <laughs> <laughs> it was. I wonder if I have that on film somehow, some way. But oh my goodness, that was that was like honestly the most hyped moment of my life. I think because <laughs> that whole week was just like we're gonna get to see him. Yeah, finally, you know. And then he comes and then he backs it up with that crazy game. Saying, "All right, next person we're gonna call is." David. Hey, Billy, what's up? Not much. Uh, I got Sam on the line here as well. And um, um, before the questions, just give me a little context on, you know, what you do and where you're at, just so we know when we're answering these questions. Gotcha. Uh, well, at the moment, I'm in South Florida. I'm in that uh, Boca Raton area. Mm-hmm. I'm going to FAU, getting my master's, getting an MBA in marketing. And... Uh, I mean, my background, I've done, uh, I worked for a PBS station, which was more like TV broadcast uh, type of content. And I was doing some uh, like video production, social media marketing for some, for a store here in uh, West Palm and working for the university, doing the same thing like video production, things like that, photography. I feel like something I've got stuck is uh, like finding, finding guidance. So in that regard, like all this stuff that I've done, it seems very focused towards what I want, which is that digital marketing video production area. But it's a, I struggle to find like, like a mentor. So how would you go about doing that? Yeah, uh, finding a mentor is super important. And, you know, when you're starting out, it can be a little scary if you don't have someone to like fall back onto and someone um, to look up to and ask questions when you get stuck. But um, what I would say about that is, you know, um, just seeing who's around you, like if, if there's any professors in your program or if there's any, um, you know, like anybody on social who's based around you or just, I don't, I don't really know because I really didn't have to have, I didn't really have to look for a mentor when I was growing up. It, they kind of just fell into my lap and um, I've never really been in a position yeah. of, you know, looking for a mentor, but what I, what I would say is just trying to reach out and network with the people around you, um, especially professors okay. and um, any uh, professionals around your area. Sam, do you have anything? Yeah, um, use your teachers. Uh, I mean, I think the first mentor I really had was a teacher from college, Dr. Newsom, Dr. Eric Newsom. shout out, changed my life. Um, and you know, he, he definitely made learning fun, uh, which helped keep me engaged, but it, which is super important, especially for a person like you who's still in school. But once I started working, I was so lucky to have guys around me that were willing to teach and kind of help yeah. bring me along. And it was, I just asked them questions, you know, and I was lucky that they were so super nice and open and friendly guys like John Sleezer, Jason Hanna, Jamie Squire, Chris Felicities, you know, a lot of guys that had done it for a long time, um, that knew what they were doing and, and just asking them questions. Um, you know, most people, if you ask them a question, they'll give you an answer. So 
don't be afraid to ask questions. Most people are always willing to share their knowledge. Um, and then from, from there, you just kind of build off that relationship and you're, you know, a lot of times you're covering the same games and you'll see them and yeah, ask questions. Yeah, because that's something like, especially for like myself, I came to this country when I was 14. So I haven't been here my whole life. And that's kind of like approaching people and approaching those professors and people like that. You just feel scared and even more scared with that factor of English not being your first language. Because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who are trying to break in to feel the same way. When I was in school, I was scared to talk to my teachers as well. Like I'm, I think I'm naturally a shy person. And I probably could have done better about, you know, reaching out to my professors and reaching out to, um, you know, classmates and, you know, trying to get more relationships built. But I think what, I, what I've learned now is that, you know, in four to five years, there is not, um, those people aren't going to care if you, you know, stumble upon words or you're weird or you're awkward or whatever, like, everyone understands we're all, you know, kind of in this together and we're just, we're just going through school or we're just going through life and that, um, it's okay to approach someone and just ask them like, Hey, I need help. Or I have a question about this. Like, um, take advantage of having those classmates around you, having those professors around you, because I don't have that right now. Now that I'm outside of, you know, college, I don't have professors to, you know, go ask a question or I don't have, classmates and peers who are, you know, showing up to the same spot every day, um, learning the same things to kind of bounce ideas off of, um, right now. So I would definitely take advantage of that, um, right now since you are in school. Yeah. I, and I, working in baseball, I work with a lot of Spanish speaking individuals. So I have not, I'm not fluent in Spanish. Um, so approaching them, it's, it's kind of a reverse thing of what you're dealing with, but you know, my, I know like a little bit just from being around the game, but just making an effort to even have communication with them makes them open up to me more. So making an effort to establish a dialogue with a teacher or a, a photographer or videographer around your university and in your field will show that person that you're making an effort and they'll, they'll want to help you. Gotcha. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks for it calling really in. Um, yeah, and listen, yeah. if you can't find any mentors, like you have my number, you can just text me anytime. Like, yeah, DM me. Like, yeah. you can find people on social media that aren't in your state to be mentors, and I, I will answer questions anytime. Um, I might not get to it right away, but uh, I try to get back to everyone who reaches out. Yeah, me too, David. Cool. If you guys are ever in Florida, let me know. I'd love to meet you and invite you to a beer or something. Yeah, Thank for you sure. Guys. That sounds great. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Take care, guys. Yep. Be safe. Bye. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, I like that a lot. That's a good um, question. All right, this one's Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Mather? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, but... <laughs> hey, Andrew. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? This is Billy Quatch, and I also got Sam on the line. How's it, how, how are you? Good. I actually just left my setup at home, uh, and I'm in the car now, so but it's all good. <laughs> You're good. Um, you know, everyone else doesn't have an XLR mic, so I'm, I'm fine with the quality. Um, what's up? What's going on? Not much. Um, I'm on my way to just throw the football around, but um, I had some questions, so 
I have a co- I have actually a lot more than a couple here, so y'all just tell me whenever you've yeah. got enough. Yeah, let's try to keep it to two to three just so we can get a couple more call-ins call before we end the show. All righty. So uh, the first one I had was like, I know that you can apply for the internship with the Chiefs, and I mean, that in of itself would be amazing to get, but um, after that, what does that look like for y'all after, I know like in Sam's bio it says um, freelance for the Chiefs, but what does that look like after the internship phase? to where it's more of a sustainable career? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so for me, I you know, I applied to a, a lot of positions, full-time and internship um, coming out of college, and I was just kind of throwing my name you know, into every hat possible, just trying to get a chance to work anywhere. Um, and you know, that ultimately led to getting the internship at the Chiefs, and kind of what my goal was when I got the internship was just making sure I, you know, worked really, really hard so that if the Chiefs didn't hire me back on for the following season, I could then take my skills and my, you know, experiences there and apply it to another organization's application and try to get a full-time there. Because for me, the end goal was getting a full-time position for that stability and, you know, as an intern, especially as a seasonal intern, you know, there's an end date to your internship. So I think you kind of have, you know, two options. You either work really, really hard and make make the organization not let you go, which is what the Chiefs did. They hired me on the following season. Or you work really hard and build up your reel, build up your experiences, use that internship to as almost like a experimental phase where you, you know, gather all this um, footage for your portfolio so that way you can apply to other full-time positions. Um, and that's kind of how the next phase kind of started for me. Yeah. Um, I never was an intern, but I had a year where I freelanced for the Royals, which I, you know, I rolled into a full-time position for me. So similar thing with Billy. Um and I just tried to make myself uh, invaluable. I don't know if that's the right word, but just like, so if they lost me, that it, it they wouldn't know what to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, just worked my ass off and tried to get better. And, you know, for the intern that we just had at the Royals this year, um, he's already applied to several positions. He's gotten... Um, callbacks and you know I've kept in touch with him as to how it's going and um you know we wanted to set him up to 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 get a career somewhere else because that's going to make your employer happy that they did a good job getting you a, a job and then you know their work stands for itself and able to their work stands for itself being able to be hired by another company or another team yeah that's super good so, and then another thing, so like I'm doing high school games right now and I, I listened to your last one and you're kind of talking about how um, the progression just kind of goes from whatever level you can get into and then work your way up to the NFL. So that's kind of what I'm looking at right now. But the problem is I want to make some longer cinematic, like story driven edits, but it's really difficult to get the emotion of the players and uh, crowd and stuff whenever you're so focused on the play because you're a solo shooter. Mm-hmm. So how would you like, get all of those elements for the video when you're the only one filming. Yeah, that that's really tough. Um, 
you know, I would probably just accept that I'm not going to get some footage of the place. Like, you know, maybe spend a full quarter not shooting any plays and you shoot all emotion, all sideline, all fans, the band, the cheerleaders, the announcers, like maybe you split up your game 50-50, half of it's game footage, half of it's, you know, the other stuff. Um, but yeah, that's really tough trying to cover uh, a high school game from so many angles. Um, I'd probably recommend trying to find a fellow friend or a creative and seeing if you could team up with a couple other creatives and try to make, you know, make it more of like a team thing. But I get it that, you know, sometimes you don't have that option. And if you're by yourself, um, it's just picking and choosing, you know, your battles and you don't really need, you know, the first throw in the first quarter of the game. Like that's not as important as the very last throw. So, um, just knowing when to bounce up, bounce away and break off and try to get other stuff is probably the best best uh, recommendation I have. Yeah, um, you know, if you're trying to get game action and emotion celebration stuff, shooting through the play always helps. Um, there was a Chiefs game a couple of years ago when I had first started. You know, I got the catch, which is great. But then I started looking to see if I got the catch. And John Sleezer, who's next to me, he like grabs my arm and he goes, shoot through the play, shoot the bench. And that was where the way better shot was because people are jumping up and down and going crazy. So, yeah, shoot to the end of the celebration. Uh, that's yeah. my best advice. If And I know it's it's like Billy said, it's it's hard to do both. So sometimes you're just going to miss. Well, I'll, I'll give you one more and then I'll leave you all to it. Yeah, for sure. Um so now that you're in the position that you are and if you had to go back to where you started and like what things were working for you and then what things didn't work, like basically what are the things that you would take from your run to the NFL now and what would you focus on knowing what you know um, now that you're there? Like if I could go back and tell my younger self some advice like that? So like just as you're working your way up, um, now that you know what people are looking for in the industry, um, what kind of stuff you would have practiced, like just what you would have changed to get there faster and more efficiently. Um, I would have started video a lot earlier, like the same, the same day I started taking pictures, I would have started taking videos. Uh, cause that's, what's opened a lot of doors for me. Um, and then figuring things out, not being afraid of things, uh, you know, just, yeah, no fear, just jump in learn that stuff that yeah. that's what I wish I would have started doing earlier. I'm going to take a, a different approach to this answer and ask like why you want to know how to do something faster. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, if, if the end goal is to be in the NFL, you're not going to get there tomorrow. You're oh, not, yeah. not going to get there next week. You're not going to get there next month. So there's, there's nothing that I can say that is going to get you there faster. That's going to be beneficial to you in the long run, because that means you're rushed and you're, you know, all your mistakes and all your failure failures are going to happen when you're in the NFL. But if you take your time and, you know, work through those road bumps and speed bumps through your high school career, through your college shooting career. And then by the time you get to the NFL in X amount of years, you're a seasoned vet, you're a seasoned pro, you know what you're doing, you know, you know, you know all the things that you're asking for right now, 
um, because you've gone through those failures before when it didn't maybe matter as much as it does when you're up in the big leagues. Yeah, you right. you learn a and lot. Maybe not even like. I was better. just gonna say you learn a lot from your failures, so those are pretty valuable experiences. Yeah, maybe not even like just getting there faster. I just kind of mean like, you know, there might be a lot of stuff that you could do, but it's not gonna help you in the long run. And just like what to focus on, but um, all that's super super good, and it answers a lot of questions I've had over the last couple of weeks. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for calling in, and like seriously, thank you so much. Um, for asking those questions because we would not know what to be talking about if we didn't have those questions. So <laughs> have a good weekend and thanks for calling in. Absolutely. You too. I just had to flip it on him. That was really good though, <laughs> man. Like that didn't even cross my mind, but yeah. when you said it, I was like, no, yeah, that's, that's 100% right. I, li- I like to uh, apply pressure on people. Um, <laughs> a lot of times people ask me kind of like the easy way out and then I respond with, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, there's no easy way. All right, next person is Johnny. Got to put in the work. <laughs> uh, I think this is Johnny from K-State, I believe. K-State. Come on, Johnny. Hello? Hey, is this Johnny? Yeah, it is. What's up? What's going on, bro? This is uh, Billy, and I also have on the line Sam. What's up? What's up, guys? Uh, how's it this going? Where are you How up you to? Doing? Now you're good. Where are you up to right now? I'm currently watching K-State beat TCU, which guarantees they will. And this will not come back to haunt me saying this. <laughs> well, it's, it's recorded now, so yeah. you can't escape uh, it. Got All you right, on. sweet. Yeah. Awesome. It's on tape. Um, I'm well, actually cutting up highlights for the game. So Nice. Um, well, thanks, thanks for uh, calling in and asking some questions. Uh, let's just start off with a little bit of context of what you're doing now, where you're at now, just so kind of people understand um, what the context is with your questions and our answers. Uh, Hi, my name is Johnny Douglas. I am a senior at Kansas State. I am a content creator here, and I work for K-State Athletics, specifically with the volleyball, track and field teams, and then also uh, all hands on deck for football, as everybody knows. But I shot every sport here, and we have a great team here. That being said, I have two questions, if that's all right. One for each of you. Perfect. Uh, And it might seem a little out there whatever, but Billy, you're up first. Um, You talk about in college you actually made hype videos for Quidditch games. My question was, uh, if you could choose one Chiefs player today to start in a Quidditch match, who would it be and why? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is I told a you it was out there. great question. Um, I had to make sure oh you had been asked. I can only yet. choose one? Uh, we'll, we'll give you two. Sure. Okay. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll take two. Okay. Shoot. Um, I mean... I, I need to think on that. Let, give me uh, five seconds to think on that. Um, gotcha. Quidditch, <laughs> dang. It's, honestly, any of them would destroy, so let's see. Um, I'm going to pick Tyreek Hill at Chaser, and then I'm going to bring in Patrick Mahomes at Beater because Tyreek as a Chaser would be unstoppable just scoring buckets. <laughs> over everyone and he's super fast super athletic and Patrick Mahomes at beater with his rocket arm would just launch bludgers at everyone and knock everybody out and you know the beater position is actually probably one of the most important positions in term of game IQ it's almost like kind of like how the point guard runs things kind of how the quarterback needs a high game IQ like I need Pat's game IQ to be 
making plays at the beater position. So I would pick Tyreek and Patrick for that. <laughs> that's awesome. Perfect. Sounds great. I mean, I don't know what I expected, but that sounds about right. I mean, I don't know much about shooting Quidditch either. So. I feel like you can't go wrong picking Patrick. Yeah. He's good at everything. He, he would crush at everything. <laughs> He'd probably be a good photographer. <laughs> My, if COVID wasn't a thing this summer, I would have tried to get Tyreek out to a Quidditch practice. Yeah. So I'm going to try next oh summer. Oh, my goodness. Sure. I'd love to see that. And just see what happens. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Um, and then my other question was for you, Sam. Uh, I'm assuming you are in charge of most of the Royals posts that are puns. I'm not positive on that, but yes or no? Nope. No, no not at all. Could not be further from the truth. That's not that, you? That's, uh, that's Kevin. Kevin Hargrave. And, I mean. Really? I don't do any of the tweeting. I don't do any of the posting. It's uh, it's. Kevin, Jesse, Aaron, uh, that's our social media team. I just make the stuff for him to post. Gotcha. I don't do the posting, which is actually uh, a common misconception in way. this industry. Billy and I, we just do the posting on our accounts. We never would post from the team. I had to do one Instagram post in like 2018, and it was the most stressful 15 minutes of my life. Yes, I, I don't <laughs> do any of the posting. That's all Fern Dog, Fernando, uh, the goat. Um, I just hand him the heat. He delivers it yeah yeah but thank you for awesome. thinking well, i'm clever enough really to, to to think of all that stuff because kevin's great well i was then i was gonna ask and again i probably now seem naive because i do the exact same thing i just for whatever reason assume you guys had some part in that but um what is your favorite one like so far or just one stand out that like you're like oh yeah like my shot was perfect with that or what's your favorite post that you've made for the royals account um Gosh. That's a big question. I, I think um, my favorite thing that we've made was when Jorge Soler broke our home run record. Um, it was 38 home runs at the time uh, set by Mike Moustakis, and Jorge Soler hit 39, um, broke the record. And the way we covered it, I, I think, was a huge achievement. We didn't use any broadcast angles. It was all my footage, um, uh, our other shooter, Max Lehman, his footage, um, put photos from Jason, photos from Amy, our LCC, and even some pocket gimbal video from our social media manager. And, you know, we got it all, we got it all shot. I run upstairs and I start editing a hype video that night for him breaking the home run record. And so it was an all original content piece that went out the next morning, you know, put, put the coolest song I could find behind it that was, you know, royalty-free. Uh, and um, it was just awesome. You know, I I just was like, okay, he just broke a home run record. That's like one of the biggest things you can do in baseball So um, as an individual. So I wanted to go all out for him, and uh, and then I heard he liked it. So that was – That's I, awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. I remember that well, actually. I remember that edit. It was great. So Thank you. I appreciate you guys taking the time, though. Yeah, thanks for coming thanks so in. Thanks for bringing in some fresh questions. Yeah, that was, I was not that was expecting good. that. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I, I probably seem really uninformed now. I just didn't know how the process worked, but I'm glad I know that now you guys are the ones who make the stuff and then hand them off to be posted by the team. So Yeah, there you yeah. Go. speaking of that, uh, Patrick just posted my video, so that's what oh. I was looking at. Oh, is it the one with... Yeah. Oh, oh that's like a collab for us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and, and Sam's, Sam's photos Anytime. are in those too. But yeah, thanks for calling in. Um Thanks for, uh, you know, asking us those questions and I uh, hope you have a good weekend.
Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Go Cats. Yep, go Cats. Not really. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done with the call-in sections. I think we're going to wrap up with a couple last-minute questions from me, and then we'll be Gucci. Um, so that was, that was cool, like, hearing from all those creatives. Um, yeah, I love what that. Is, what is – what was – when you were, you know, in their shoes, you know, on the rise, learning stuff, still trying to figure things out, what was – kind of your biggest question mark in your head, like when doing all this? I had so many questions. Um, I, I don't know. I think the biggest one was like, how do you know what to do? How do you know when to shoot in 24 frames? How do you know when to shoot in 60, 120? Why does 120 matter? What's the 180 degree rule? You know, like from like technical questions to super basic questions, um, it was just, I think I've mentioned this a lot, but being intimidated by making videos, like, you know, grouping all those little questions into one big question is how are you not afraid going into every shoot? How are you not afraid, like, that you're, that the lighting is going to suck, that the color, that the, you know, like, what if you miss your white balance? You know, just stuff that I think a lot of novices have questions about. Like, I had those questions too. And, um, I don't know, singling it out to like one question. Um, I don't know. Like, hmm, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know either. Yeah. I, I, I just made that question up on the spot. So. <laughs> well, it's a good question. You know, it really makes me think like about what the Sam of four or five years ago would have wanted to know from Billy. Yeah. Um, um, it, it's, uh, I don't know. Like, how do you know what to do? That's my biggest question. How yeah. do you know what to do? How do you know, like... Yeah, it's, for me, it's just, I almost feel like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, it, like you know, when to shoot 24 versus when to shoot to 60. Yeah. Honestly, I shoot in both. Like, I'll yeah, shoot half, right. of, half of my, half the shoot in 24, half the shoot in 60, and that way I have the options, you know, at when I'm back at the computer editing to either do some slow-mo with, with the 60 or some more natural-looking stuff with the 24. Um, but, yeah, when I was, you know, on the come-up and on the rides, my biggest question was, what what is it going to look like in five years? Like, mm, where... Like when, the longevity. When it, yeah, and not even that, but, like, or similar to that, but also, like, when am I going to be in a spot where... I'm not learning and like trying to figure out where my next position is going to be or what my next job is like, because, you know, coming out of college, doing an internship, then getting full time and now being a creative director. Like I finally now feel like I'm at a spot where I'm going to be here for the next X amount of years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. Um, but my big question as I was, you know, learning, figuring all of this out was like, what does it look like it, when I get like to that Like your point? career, your yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. Like, what does that look like for me? I had no idea. It was just always a revolving door. Like, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to describe what I'm doing right now back then. Yeah. No, I feel that. I prob probably same. Like, I never, when I was starting, did I think I'd be making videos and photos and like, 
just like going going to the Chiefs game tomorrow is like normal to shoot it. You know, it's like it's not a big deal anymore. Like it's cool. I love that I get to do it, and I love going there. But it's it's just like it's just like this part of my job now. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Sam and I will be at the Chiefs game tomorrow. The shoot Chiefs versus Raiders. So yes, uh, watch out for we that hope. content. <laughs> yes, we hope. Um, all this COVID. All right. Uh, last couple of things. Uh, we kind of did this, but I'm just going to make it official. I'm going to flip it to Sam to ask me any question. But the only rule is that it can only be one question. There's no like this and that. It's just one, one question. question. Anything um, is all fair game. Um, hmm. Let me think here for a second. When you were at Arkansas... And, okay, this isn't part of the question. You were shooting football games down there. No, I was you were just a student. Games. I okay. was just a student. So when you were at Arkansas shooting just Quidditch and, like, doing stuff for fun, who who was the creator that you saw and you were like, oh, man, if I'm lucky, I'll be this person. I'll have a career like this person. That creative was uh, Zach Schwartz. He's the, uh, I don't know what his official title is now since he's been there for so long. The Ohio State guy? Yeah, he's the creative he's director at Ohio amazing. State. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, shout out to Zach. Um, he worked with me at Arkansas. So that's, I knew oh. him before he went to Ohio State. Oh, I had no idea. And I didn't know him that well. I was a student. He was like a grad assistant or a GA or a little bit older than me. Well, he was shooting sports? See, I don't think he was even shooting sports at Arkansas. I honestly, because if you look at Arkansas social right now, we are nowhere <laughs> really? close to Ohio State. So yeah. I don't think he was doing what he's doing now at Ohio State, at Arkansas. I honestly wasn't paying attention that much back then. I was, you know, it's just a new kid, the new guy in the room yeah. trying to figure out myself. I wasn't really... You know, and I, I didn't even know the industry well to like know what he would have been doing back then. But I don't think it was in content. Yeah. Which is really surprising when he left to go to Ohio State and be their like main creative director, content guy. Like I saw that. I saw him make that move and I was like, yo, that's what I want to do. Yeah. That, that was the first time that I knew what my position, like my dream position in sports was called. And I'm pretty sure back then he was a, I want to say creative director, but that, Zach going to Ohio State and getting that position um, under Urban Meyer was the first time I ever saw someone in a sports position that made me say, I want to do that. And it's crazy because I don't think I've ever told him that and, or like I don't think he even knows how much of an impact he's had on me from just that one move. Like he he left as soon as I entered RSN pretty quick. So I didn't even really get a chance to like meet him, talk to him, know him. I just I just knew that he was a he worked with me at RSN, but he was doing some other things and then that he left to go to Ohio State. So I paid attention to that and him, you know, making all that dope content and starting to ramp their social game up opened my eyes. And I was like, wow, that's the first time I've ever seen, you know, 
somebody do cool video stuff for a team, that's exactly what I want to do. And um, that helped me figure out what type of positions I wanted, wanted to apply for, um, kind of helped me figure out that that was like the like earlier um that was kind of the first time i kind of saw what the future could look like yeah it's like that position yeah and it's crazy to you know full circle now that i'm doing content and you know zach and i talk every now and then and he's still at ohio state killing it and he's actually an lcc now just like me oh my gosh no and way he shoots for uh, the Bengals. Dude. And I'm an LCC shooting for the Chiefs, and it's crazy to see how our paths have split and then kind of come back together. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and now you're probably someone's Zach Schwartz. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I think about that all the time. Like, um, you know, I'm, I know I am, and that's the reason I'm starting this podcast. That's the reason I try to reply to everybody's DMs. That's the reason I try to be so helpful online and share my knowledge. It's because I know people need like some people can see me and get inspired but a lot of people need to like ask questions and get feedback yeah and you know hear from me to take that next step so that's why I'm so um open to just sharing my knowledge and giving insight to everyone that I can yeah I think it's I mean it's awesome I texted you the other night and I said I wish something like this existed when I was younger yeah um yeah, so that's that's the reason for this podcast, and um, that's the reason we're doing this episode three. So um, very final last thing that we're going to do is just list out your social media, Instagram, Twitter, how people can find you, search you up in case they don't know about you, um, and then end it off with a message to the people listening right now if that person was you know, that college student or that high school student still trying to figure things out, like what would you, your last piece of advice be for them? But plug yourself first. Okay. Um, I'm at Sam Shazam underscore on Twitter and Instagram. And that's all I've got. So follow me there. Ask me a question, you know, whatever. Um, and then final piece of advice. Uh, I, I get your reps in like it just like anything if you want to do it do it a lot and uh don't be don't be scared don't be afraid don't be afraid of anything don't be afraid of a stupid computer program you know it's just a stupid computer program if it starts to kick your ass you can shut the computer and walk away don't walk away forever walk away get a drink come back and do it you're gonna be fine you know I still got to tell myself that, like, you can figure this out. It's going to be fine. Don't be scared going into a shoot. You know, confidence. You're, you're there for a reason. They hired you for a reason. And have fun. This is such a fun job. Like, there are parts of it that aren't fun, just like any job. And it is a job. But have fun. You know, if you do make it to the level that you want to be at, you know, it's cool. You're shooting sports. You're making things for a team you like. You're making things for players you like. Yeah, above all, have fun. 
have fun is what Sam says. I love it. Um, thank you so much, Sam, for being the very first guest. It's an honor. It's an honor for the get the shot podcast. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me. For sure. Yo, and that's straight facts from the man himself, Sam. He has such a great point. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the After Effects program in your computer. Don't be afraid of reaching out and asking for help. Don't be afraid of applying for a position that you think you're not qualified for. Because if you're going to be afraid, then you're not going to make any progress. You got to go out and just attack. Get the shot within reason. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening this far. If you've made it this far, if you want to be a part of the next podcast and call in and ask questions, then please shoot me a DM or a text message at Billy Quatch Films and we'll get that sorted out. But until then, I'll see y'all on the next one. Deuces! <laughs>